Welcome to the Parenting Well podcast with Parent Engagement Network. I am Dr. Shelley Mann, your host, and today you are listening to Parenting Well, where we know that parenting well is challenging and that all parents are the best parents they know how to be. We firmly believe that the foundation for raising healthy, happy youth is for us as parents to fill our own well with useful, reliable, credible information, tools, and strategies. So let's fill that well. Gabrielle French is a sophomore at Stargate High School in Thornton. She's been working with Broomfield's Communities That Care on preventing teen substance for almost two years and is passionate about advocating for Colorado teens. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. So um, I'd like to start with you just sharing a little bit about how you got into this work. So I got involved with um, community that Communities That Care's um, first summer internship program for teens. Uh, and then from then on, a small group of about five of us have continued on to create the uh, youth portion of Broomfield Communities That Care. Um, and so we have been expanding as Youth for Youth um, more and more each year, and we've continued to do summer internships. Uh, and I'm really, I've been passionate about uh, youth vaping in particular, just because uh, I don't like to see my peers get taken advantage of by um, the e-cigarette industry. And um, it's, it, it is truly something that impacts all teens because we see it everywhere. We see it in classrooms and school bathrooms and with our friends. And so it's really an important issue to us and I believe that it's important to solve. When you say communities that care, can you share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so Communities That Care is a, um, there are groups all around Colorado and I, I specifically work with the Broomfield Communities That Care group uh, and they work on preventing youth substance use and they really focus on preventative measures, uh, so really protecting youth before they start using substances. And so Youth for Youth has been an important part in partnering with adults and youth in the community. That's amazing. I think it's so important when we are talking about doing programming for young people, that young people have a voice in what that programming looks like. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about Youth for Youth and uh, what your mission is, what you hope to achieve with this group. Yeah, so Youth for Youth has three main focuses, preventing youth substance use, uh, improving mental health, and uh, forming positive relationships. And so we really, we do that mainly through uh, events and programs that we plan, uh, and also our, through social media, we found is a really good way to reach uh, youth and teens. And so we educate teens on there, we share information, and really focus on misconceptions and important information that teens aren't getting from other sources. What would you say is the real, true harmful effects of vaping? So um, it's definitely, it comes down to what is in the e-cigarette liquid. Um, so there's uh, some e-cigarettes can contain heavy metals, uh, ultrafine toxic particles, and also uh, flavorants uh, like uh, diacetyl, and that has been connected to severe lung disease in the past. Uh, and also, almost every single e-cigarette in, uh, includes nicotine, 
and that obviously it's very addictive and it can affect brain development in youth too. Okay. Um, how do how do flavors play a role in young people using young people vaping? So this has definitely been a hot topic because flavors are definitely part of what entices youth to use e-cigarettes and a lot of companies like Juul have been um, accused of specifically targeting flavors to youth so like cotton candy flavor or just naming flavors and using flavors to appeal more to kids and teens uh, so banning flavors is one of the ways that um, communities and government are looking at preventing teen substance use with vaping. Yeah, and you've been a part of the city council meetings where they've recently been talking about that here in Boulder County. Um, what would you share with people about that process? Yeah, so I and a couple of other uh, Youth for Youth members at our local city council meeting um, about a month ago, I'd say, we spoke to the city council. We were part of a presentation sharing um, how vaping impacts youth and why we see the danger in it and what we think should be done and really just urging them to enact legislation to combat this. And so it's actually exciting because we are starting to see change and uh, in two weeks there our city council is um, reviewing ordinances based on uh, expanding smoke-free expansions, including vaping in that, uh, looking at retail licensing for uh, selling vape products, and also raging, raising the uh, age to 21. Okay. And do you feel like that's something that has been shown to be effective in the past, or is this kind of a brand new frontier for us? Uh, there, are, there definitely are other states and communities with, depending on the specific legislative measures, um, where they have implemented these things and they have seen a difference. And so it definitely is evidence-based and more and more there are more communities who are catching on to it and starting to implement these things. As the news has picked up around the harmful effects of vaping, um, and with the recent city council meetings, I've been hearing some young people say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this is so harmful, um, and even talking about quitting. Is that something that you feel like you're hearing as a young person who's around youth all the time? I feel like it's definitely recently in the past month come more to light. Um, there's been a lot of national media attention to vaping, and we can see with all these um, cases of deaths and serious illness related to vaping that it's sort of shocking people into seeing how serious this really is. So um, I think, yeah, it is it is coming to people's minds more, and I have heard youth talking about these issues more. And so I think it is actually pointing, pointing us in a good direction. I know that one of the things that has, has had some people, even young people who maybe didn't even smoke before, try vaping is that they've been kind of told that this is a healthy alternative to smoking. Um, what would you say about that? I mean, I know you mentioned mm -hmm. the, the like things that are in it, but um, you know, why is that happening and what, what kind of light could you shed on that? So based on current research, it is, it is looking like for current smokers, 
vaping might be a healthier alternative to uh, smoking traditional cigarettes, but it's still not um, completely healthy. And it's especially dangerous for teens because they aren't smokers already. Uh, and so they are starting with vaping and that makes them almost three times more likely to start smoking traditional cigarettes in the future. So actually it's having the opposite effect where it's getting more people more youth um, addicted to smoking instead of helping more people quit. Mm -hmm. And what do you think it is about vaping that makes it so much more convenient for young people? I think it really is, uh, it has to do with even just like the way it looks, the way it feels, especially um, the Juul brand. It looks like a USB or a flash drive. It looks very, um, it looks like a piece of technology. It's very appealing to youth. And it's also really easy to hide um, and hard for adults who don't know a lot about e-cigarette devices to even recognize it. And is that why you think it's so much more common to be taking place like at school or in the bathrooms is because it's so easy to use and easy to hide? Yeah, and it's definitely also, it's really easy to access just because it's become such a popular thing. And it is, it is really easy to hide. Like people can um, even do it in class sneakily and not get caught. Yeah, yeah. and even just, even just uh, exhaling down or into your shirt, like that's, even without uh, special devices meant to conceal vaping, it's still a relatively easy thing to do. So as a young person yourself, what would you say to parents who want to talk to their kids about this? Uh, I think it, when discussing vaping with your kids, I think it's important to not just tell them that vaping is dangerous and you shouldn't do it, but also tell them the reasons why it is dangerous and really tell them your reasoning behind it. Uh, because I think a lot of teens are resistant to being told what to do by their parents. Um, and so by really showing them why you're saying what you're saying, why it is dangerous, then that really empowers them to make healthier choices because they really know what's going on. Right, and I heard you mention earlier that it can even impact brain development, and I know mm -hmm. that with other substances, it's been really effective to talk to young people about what's going on in the brain when you use the substance. Um, how does that relate to vaping? So I, I'm not an expert on uh, how it, um, impacts the brain, but um, my understanding is that uh, as with lots of addictions, it can really impact how your brain processes different chemicals and can really lead to problems later on in life. Um, and so I think that is one, that's one component of educating youth. And I think it's also important to incorporate things that might seem more short-term to teens, like short-term effects, and um, just because it feels like a lot of teens aren't thinking way ahead into the future, future brain development. Um, so that certainly is an important part of it, but also bringing in like what substances are also in e-cigarette devices and what's that currently doing to your body. So parents are rightfully concerned about this. Um, like you said, there's a lot of national news. You know, it's been something that's kind of been on the rise for a while. How do you best support a young person from becoming interested or addicted to vaping? 
So in communities that care, we talk a lot about um, protective measures and how to prevent substance use before it even starts. Um, and so we talk about protective factors, which are the things that um, ha keep youth from using substances. Uh, so that includes things like extracurricular involvement, having an adult you can trust, having positive friendships, um, hobbies and interests, and even education on substances and their dangers. And so really, it's all about prevention. Yeah, and those protective factors can have a big impact, um, not just on vaping, but on other things, other risky behaviors in their life. Um, mm -hmm. What what do you think would be the best approach to talking to a young person who's already hooked on vaping? Uh, I think it's I think it's important to realize that um, being hooked on vaping is a nicotine addiction. So it's important to treat it as an addiction and that understanding that it can be really difficult to quit. And so along that process, if you're helping uh, your kid or another teen in the process of quitting, it's really important to be patient and understanding with them because it, it isn't an easy process and it, once, it, once you start vaping, it's a hard thing to stop. Um, I know that the website um, mylifemyquit.com offers free coaching for teens who are trying to quit and I think in uh, different communities in Colorado, schools have started adopting similar programs where instead of um, suspending or punishing kids for possessing or a vape device on school property, getting them into online programs that help them quit and educate them about it. Uh, so I think that's really a good example of how we can try and be more um, patient and understanding with the quitting process. Because um, it's not all about punishment, it's also about helping teens with addiction. So that would be a specific strategy or treatment that you would think would be helpful for people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they offer um, online and through text um, coaches to help teens, and it's specifically targeted tor towards uh, teens who are addicted to e-cigarettes, so it's definitely a good resource, I think. That's great. Um, and I know I follow your Instagram account, and I know that's been a big part of your mission has been to relay the messages of not vaping on and through Instagram because it's such a common thing for young people to be on. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if any of the audience wants to check out our Instagram and what we're doing on there, uh, it's at Broomfield Y, the number four, and then Y. Um, so then you can really get an idea of what we're posting, but we do use, we do use Instagram more for, um, communicating with teens, and then we also have a Facebook to communicate with a more adult audience, but obviously there's some overlap there. Um, but we, we were thinking about strategies to effectively communicate with teens and spread information, uh, and social media is a place where a lot of youth spend a lot of time and it can really be a non-threatening and easy way to share uh, information with lots of different youth in the area and so I, th I think we found it really successful because it is a way to offer quick reminders and 
um, correct misconceptions in a way that's not very intrusive to teens' regular lives. Mm -hmm. Um, What barriers do you think we face um, in this trajectory of more young people turning toward vaping? Really, a lot of it is misconceptions and a lack of education. There are a lot of teens and even adults who don't understand that it is dangerous. They don't understand what's in e-cigarettes. They don't understand that it's extremely addictive. Uh, And so that combined with an ease of access for teens, just because being around a lot of 18-year-olds in a high school setting who are legally allowed to buy e-cigarette devices, it, it can be, just through social connections, super easy to access um, Juul or other vaping devices. So I think also fighting against the massive e-cigarette um, industry who has a lot of power and money is also another issue when it comes to larger scale things like marketing. Um, but I think the increased publicity of the dangers of vaping will really help overcome these barriers. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely more attention to the regulations and rules we can put around marketing and flavors and all the things that e-cigarette companies do to appeal to youth. So because our podcast really is directed toward parents and how parents or supportive caring adults can help young people, um, what do you think is important for parents to know in terms of how they show up for kids especially as it relates to vaping? I think it's really about giving kids and teens a voice. Uh, A lot of what we talk about, uh, again, another protective factor in communities that care is what's called positive youth development. Um, And that's really giving youth the opportunities to build skills um, and strengths and valuing them as an important member of society and recognizing them for their work and their accomplishments. Um, And so that as an adult is a really powerful thing you can do to make a huge difference in teens' lives. And I think um, Communities That Care and Youth for Youth is a great example of that itself because it's given me and a lot of other teens the opportunity to really feel authentically involved. And um, we've been given resources to do really important things. Giving young people a voice and making a difference in their communities and in, in on areas and topics that are really important to them. Um, I know that in the work we do at Parent Engagement Network, a lot of times um, when we have a, a panel of young people come in and talk about how parents should talk to their kids about potential sensitive issues, mm-hmm. it's really helpful. What other kind of things can parents do that help create that kind of a space for young people? Um, I think it goes back to prevention um, and really those protective factors I talked about before. Uh, Even if directly talking to your teen about vaping isn't the most effective thing, although it's always good to have that conversation, but sometimes that's not enough. Uh, it It can be really powerful to make sure that your kids do have those protective factors, making sure they are involved in extracurriculars, that they do have time for hobbies, um, making sure they're healthy both physically and mentally, um, and really making sure that you are a trusted adult for them. 
And that, I think, will go a long way, not only for preventing vaping, but also improving so many other things in their lives. Um, and I know you're a very busy person. So <laughs> how, um, how, how, do, how do young people manage all of that? You know, how do you manage having time for extracurriculars and doing well in school and being involved in something like Communities That Care? Like, what advice would you have for, for people who are trying to balance that kind of a schedule? I think it, it is really hard for teens to balance that. Uh, there's so much going on in their lives, and a lot of the times they don't have the experience or skills to know how to manage that. And so it can really feel overwhelming, and it can lead to substance use uh, as a stress reliever. Um, but I found that, at least for me, it's really a process. And um, the older I get, the more I learn about managing my time and what's important and managing stress and so I think just going along in that process with your child and trying to provide support when they need it um, I think that can really be helpful. Hmm. That's great advice. If you had one wish for how adults showed up for young people what would it be? Um, I think I think really giving, again, like giving youth a voice and really authentically valuing that opinion. So it does go beyond just letting teens speak. It goes um, to a point of really valuing their opinion and um, believing that they are a valued member of society. And I think that having that voice and having that outlet and feeling respected can change teens' lives. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've noticed is that um, there are some people who naturally become involved and then there are other kids who maybe are less likely to become involved in some kind of advocacy group like you're in. Mm -hmm. How do we reach people who are maybe harder to reach? That is definitely a huge question that is hard to answer, and I think um, Youth for Youth has definitely been working on that and looking, that, looking at that issue a little bit of um, who is involved with our group and who isn't involved and what barriers are preventing them from being involved. Uh, so I think it is, it is a tricky question to answer, and um, a lot of the times it comes down to logistics like not having a ride or not having the time or um, being at school or having homework or having extracurriculars or not being able to afford the activity. Um, just a lot of logistical things for teens that I think with so many things going on um, and such a busy schedule that it is difficult to um, figure out exactly what's keeping teens from being involved. It's definitely a tricky question, right? Mm -hmm. um, and could be different for different people. Um, so what would you want to leave our listeners with today? Uh, I think I, I would like to leave the audience with uh, hope, I guess, because it is really easy to be scared and um, upset by what we're seeing around us. Uh, but I do, I do believe that we are making progress, and um, the worse things get, the more motivation we'll have to improve things faster. 
And I think if we are all conscious of this issue and if we are all looking at protective measures and how to effectively help the teens who are already addicted, I really think that we can solve the e-cigarette epidemic much faster than the cigarette epidemic was um, slowed down. And so I think, yeah, it's really just hope for making a change. That's great. And I remember you sharing mylifemyquit.com as -hmm. an important website people could go to if they're looking for a resource to stop vaping. And um, if you're a listener, follow at Broomfield Y, the number four Y on Instagram and on Facebook. Is it the same Mm -hmm. thing? Okay, so on Facebook as well. Um, Those are some areas where you can see what's happening um, both in our community, but also the, the actions that young people are taking to make a difference. So I really appreciate you being here today and sharing what you have seen and your wisdom around this and your experience in working with Youth for Youth and the Communities That Care group. We want to thank Radio 1190 for letting us use their space. If you like what you heard today and want to become a sponsor or make a donation, you can find us at penbv.org. That's P-E-N-B-V dot org. We hope today's conversation has added to your parenting well. Having a well of resources leaves us more engaged, educated, and empowered to support our children in being strong, resourceful, confident, and resilient in the face of life's many challenges and adventures. I'm Dr. Shelley Mann, and you've been listening to Parenting Well Podcast. Until next time, happy parenting.